This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm W. Scott is one, and I have not seen the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. A Cinemavention! Where'd you get those goobers? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which my guest has seen before. Joining us again from the Rain Delay Radio podcast, please welcome back Naim Siddiqui, a.k.a. And I, I promise I'll get back to the mic for this one this time. Go on! There we go. There we go. There it is. Uh, yeah, doing, thanks man? for having me back. I don't, last time I was on, I don't remember if it was a if I was like a, a last minute replacement or or just I don't remember what the deal was. But I, I was out of town at my cousin's place in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I, I obviously travel with a full recording setup uh, everywhere. Um, uh, uh, as Cord Killer watchers may remember from uh, from <laughs> this past March mm-hmm. um, or last March now. Uh, but uh, but this time I'm, I'm in my home setup studio. I got all of my, I got props. I'm good to go. I got, if you're watching, yeah. if you're not watching the video version of Cinema Vention, uh, check out the video version of Cinema Vention because uh, I, I'm I'm going to do my best to give visual content this episode. Oh, okay, nice. So yeah, video viewers will have something to look forward to. Nice. All right, yeah. right on. That's great. Uh, In fact, and- my first visual content, I'm wearing my Scott Pilgrim base T-shirt. Oh uh, yeah, look at that, that he wears in the movie. I've been I've been meaning to get this shirt for years and I like I hadn't gotten it. And I was like, I'm going to be on this show. Let me get the base shirt now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is this, this is my excuse. So I I, I bought this shirt uh, like a week ago and it, it got, you know, it got here like this past oh, weekend. That's awesome. I was like, so you bought the shirt I, specifically for the show. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I've been meaning to get it. I was like, I want this shirt. I, you know, I, I play I play guitar and I play a little bit of bass, mm-hmm. but it's like it's, you know, it's the Guitar Hero like bass logo. Um, and I was like, I, I, I wanted it. And I was like, you know what? This is like, this is the best excuse for me to be like, let me just get it. Like, that is, this is, that, the excuse. is some, uh, that is some dedication for the show. Let me tell you, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I always like to go over the stats of the movie real quick before we get started. So we'll do that now. So Scott Pilgrim versus the world is available for rent or purchase on DVD and Blu-ray and physical stores and on all major Internet distributors. It's available to stream on Netflix and stars here in the U.S., Scott Pilgrim vs. the World was released by Universal Pictures on August 13th, 2010 in the U.S. The movie was directed by Edgar Wright and stars Michael, Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Kieran Culkin, Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, which was a surprise to me, Aubrey Plaza, and like, there's so many more. Like, this is such a stacked cast, man. This is great. Brie Larson, Jason Schwartzman, Brie yeah. Louse. Yeah, Brie Larson, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah, this is yeah, talk about a stacked cast for this movie, man. Uh the movie had a budget of 60 to 85 million and only made 49.3 million dollars in theaters, which is still not great for their for the box office numbers, but I mean, we've we've seen far far worse um in and, and a million fiction. of that 
a million of that was uh, in the eleventh uh, anniversary re-release in twenty twenty one when they did a, they did a limited like one or two week re-release. Oh yeah, that was my uh-huh. that was my first movie back in theaters was Scott Pilgrim actually. Oh I, nice, uh, okay. Because 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 it was supposed to it was supposed to be in twenty twenty because the tenth anniversary came out in twenty ten. Tenth anniversary is twenty twenty, right, but right. obviously twenty twenty happened, so they pushed it back, and it was like May of twenty twenty one. So right as theaters were like reopening and big movies were coming out, right, and right. Um, you know. It was like there was still COVID happening, and I mean, there's, there is still COVID happening, but uh, at the time, especially, it was still like you know we were still unsure, you know, we were just sort of coming out of like full lockdowns, yeah. and uh, I was like, I was unsure, but I was like, I don't want to miss my chance to go see Scott Pilgrim in Dolby Cinema, right? Uh, like, you know. Well, so, and speaking yeah. of that, yeah, um, I assume you uh, probably saw this movie just as it came out, right? Yeah, so I, so I saw this movie in the theater. So so it's it's funny because you know at, at the beginning of the show you say classic movies you haven't seen. Scott Pilgrim is a cult classic, uh, uh, mm-hmm. as, as evidenced by like you said the it made forty nine point three million. I think forty eight point five or something like that in its initial release, and then another like million or so in um in the re release, and then like thirty million on home video. In fact, uh, I I here's the first of the props. I I own seven different um. Blu-ray releases of Scott Pilgrim. These are only this is only five oh, wow. uh, that, that I have here. But uh, uh, yeah, I, ha- I have the Level Up Collector's Edition, the 4K that came out last year, <laughs> uh, two different uh, 2K steel books, uh, and then the 4K steel book that came out last year as well. I also own the uh, regular vinyl as well as the 10th anniversary uh, limited edition Seven Evil X's wow. vinyl. Um, so I. I, I am a big fan of this movie. Um, and yeah. in fact, it was, it was on the last episode I was on that I was, that I mentioned Scott Pilgrim. I think that's why it's yeah. on the list is because last time I was on talking about Avengers, uh, mm-hmm. which I also own on Blu-ray. <laughs> um, uh, I, I mentioned, I, I, I'm telling uh, you audio listeners, you are missing out on all these visual bits right now. You, you are missing really out. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Every movie I've mentioned so far, I've shown those Blu-rays. Um, uh, but uh, when I was on that show, I mentioned that obviously I'd seen Chris Evans as a villain before uh, in Scott Pilgrim. Um, and, and yeah, so I saw it in the theater twice, uh, once with my friend Brandon, and then once we had a half day at school and saw it with a bunch of my friends. Uh, this movie was formative for my friend group, you know, like I think it was like five or six or seven of us watched it in the theater on a half day. It was just, it was just us in the theater. Theater was empty. Obviously this movie didn't make a lot of money and it was a weekday uh, in the middle of a school day. So like we had a half day, so we went to the theater and watched the movie, but, uh, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, most, you know, <laughs> there was literally nobody else in the theater, but us watching the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so uh, since like, it's been one of my favorite movies, it was, it yeah. was my, um, when I was working at AMC, it was one of the movies. I had four different name tags, and one of the name tags had Scott Pilgrim vs. the World on it. Mm, um, Edgar mm-hmm. Wright is one of my top three, top five, or top three, or maybe even top one director. I, you know, I haven't like sat down and done a ranking, um, but uh, but he's he's one of my favorite directors. I love Shaun of the Dead. I love Hot Fuzz. I love The World's End. Shaun of the Dead actually would be a great Halloween episode. I don't know if you've done it already, but it'd be a great Halloween episode. Yeah, I know we have um, we have not done that one yet. Uh, you said Shaun of the what, what was it? Shaun of the Dead. It's Shaun a, of the it's Dead. a okay. yeah, zombie rom-com parody movie. Like it's a comedy movie with zombies. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to save that for Halloween for next year. Yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 a good Halloween watch. Hot Fuzz I think is his best. And I mean like like people, you know, there there's countless video essays from like the 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 big and best video essay the video essayists talking about Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, it is it is one of those movies that like if you you know, there's there's obviously a certain 
portion of, of movie people who, who won't like it. But if, if like, yeah. if you're the kind of, you know, for, for a certain set of an audience, if you don't like it, you probably haven't seen it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, I, I, I certainly uh, understand, yeah. you know, I certainly understand that, that it's, it's a movie that isn't, isn't for everybody, but, uh, but for, you know, for movie fans, you know. Yeah. This this movie and Speed Racer were two. They came out about a year apart, and I loved those movies, and they did so poorly at the box office. Yeah, right, man. No, but I, here's the thing: watching this movie, I definitely understood why you liked it so much. Like, I I could immediately tell why because like there's just so many great things about it. But I have to admit to you, like when I was watching this movie, like the the whole time, like there were several moments in and um, patrons when you listen to the watch party, you'll just hear me saying like, what is going on? Like multiple (laughs) times throughout this movie, like because there are just some scenes in this movie that are just so ridiculous, like in a good way. You know what I mean? Like they're just so hilarious. And it's just like. I'm just the whole, but the whole time I just couldn't help it. I was just like, "What in the world?" Like, <laughs> this is just crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of the. It's it's a very fast paced, um, like st- stuff is always happening movie. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it it's it's a movie that does a lot of visual comedy. Um, uh, yeah. you know, obviously action heavy, but but it is you know it, it's I think Edgar Wright is one of the masters of of film as a form in a, in a showy way, right? And some people don't like showy, and I totally get that. But in, in a very showy way, he's like, hey, I can do a lot with a camera. Whereas, you know, a lot of, a lot of modern movies or a lot of I mean, comedy movies or blockbusters or anything, which this is kind of, you know, straddles the line between. Um, uh, uh, I mean, it wasn't a blockbuster in, in the literal sense, but in the, in the, you know, in the sort of filmmaking sense. Sure. Um, where where you know everything that happens is on the page like it's just like here's the script right um whereas there's a lot in this movie this is there's so much visually going on in this movie and i I know we're going to talk about some of that a little later um but uh but there's so much like there's there's things that you know i'll i'll catch on a 12th 13th watch of this movie that i didn't catch the first yeah that's a classic some of the other movies we've covered on this show is like yeah the like the visual gig um i i think a good example napoleon dynamite is a good example of one that we've covered recently where like you you have to watch it like two or three or four or five times and it's like yeah every time you watch it you see something new yeah for sure and going through this movie, it's interesting because when I first read the title, you know, I read the title Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And I thought to myself that this was going to be like a superhero movie. And I guess it kind of is in a way. Um, but had I known that this was a, about a guy who had to like fight his new girlfriend's exes, I think I would have probably saved this movie for Valentine's Day, to be honest, because because uh, I had um, I had high fidelity last year for uh, Valentine's Day. I like to do like the non-traditional like i think i think there's better non-traditional because this this, i mean there's obviously a romance element to this movie but i think there's there's it's there's there's so much it's not the main focus it encompasses a lot you know it encompasses there's there's a lot that's happening in this movie yeah um well and and you can tell that this movie was made in 2010 by the way because they're definitely like trying to appeal to like a gamer sort of market at this time you know like um you know they're making the fight scenes like it's a video game like they have scott pilgrim and knives playing a video game uh the uh in the arcade it's called ninja ninja revolution which i didn't realize until afterwards is a parody of dance dance revolution <laughs> i was like 
Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Remember when that was the hot new game in 2010? Like, yeah, yeah. it was all over the place back then. That's- and DDR Max 2. That wasn't mm-hmm. even that wasn't even new, man. That was like that was like DDR seven in twenty ten, but it was definitely big around then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I knew, I know everyone was talking about it back then. Yeah, and 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 to, and it, and this was like prime, you know, three sixty, you know, PlayStation three era. Yeah, and and it's interesting. Like like I think that's part of the reason the movie got made was to appeal, you know, to to capitalize on that. The oh, yeah. comic I was based on a comic book, right? And so, um, and the comic book is like it's it's. And, and the movie as well, right? It's, it's one of those things where it, it's it is a it is appealing to the, like it's, it's appealing but not pandering, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's it's one of those where like like you you it touches on those game tropes and it shows these references, but it's not like shoving them down your throat and it's not like you know, hey, this is what we're all about. It's like, hey, you know, yeah, like th- we're telling the story through this lens of this guy likes video games and comic books, and that's the stuff that he's into, and so that's the that's the and so but a lot of like you know a lot of the video game stuff comes straight from the comic book, yeah, um, and a lot of the um you know a lot a, you know a, what, a lot of that um, stuff. You know what this movie reminded me of though? It, 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 have you seen the movie Free Guy? Did you see that movie? There we go. Uh, oh, I yep, sure have seen it. the movie Free Guy. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> like it, it doesn't. It kind of reminds me of Free Guy in a way. Like it's um, like it's set up in kind of this a similar way, right? Where there's definitely like video game references in Free Guy, but it's not like right. It's not the main focus. Just like this. Yeah, is. but what, yeah. what Free Guy does kind of like it, it takes that story and, and does kind of like you know shove some of the video game references like hey video games right or or some of the pop culture references right where you know right. there's a scene uh, i don't i don't want to spoil yeah, anything no, yeah don't, don't spoil it yeah i know what the, scene the, you're talking about though yeah 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 so like and i enjoyed free guy i, I like the movie but there, but there's certainly scenes where it's like okay like you know this is this is clearly like you know brand synergy right, right. um where where there doesn't really seem like a lot of that. Like you hear the Zelda theme, right? But it's not like yeah, it's you know, it's like you've it's, got, it's not like yeah, you got like the eight bit pr- logo promote Zelda. You know? Yeah, like they've got the eight bit <laughs> logo as like I mean, because you they started off right away with the Universal logo being like you know an eight bit logo and they, sort yeah, of like a chip to Universal logo. Yeah, yeah, it's got like an eight bit take on the intro music, and yeah, no, they leaned hardcore into this. But like, not only does it incorporate video games in this movie, but it, it, like you said, it's been kind of described. I mean, it literally is a comic book film in a sense right. too. Um, and I and and I feel like that particular aspect for me, and I don't know why this was the case for me, but like, I I just I never got really got it. I don't have a whole lot of reference points when it comes to comic books, particularly, and I don't and I don't know. I don't even know why I didn't. Um, you know. I, for me, I don't know what it is, but just like I have trouble with like like I I enjoy listening to stuff like uh, like I'll listen right. to books on like Audible, but it, but it comes to like actually reading books, I hate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it was one of those situations I think where it's like anytime I read anything like any kind of book, it feels like I'm doing school, and I don't and I don't want to be doing schoolwork. You know, like I just sure. find that not fun. You know, yeah, but yeah. um, but this is definitely like a comic book movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, the comic books was was you know Scott Pilgrim. I think Scott Pilgrim versus the World is the title of like the third volume. It was it was a it was a graphic novel, uh, like a series of of uh, I forget if it was six or seven graphic novels. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But uh, um, 
I think I think like the first one is Scott Pilgrim's Special Little Life, and then you have like Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite Sadness, which a lot of them are, you know, like like a, a Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite. Like it's you know there is a lot of music references as well, right in the in the movie as well as in the in the comic book. Like this, essentially, you know, the 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 uh, author of the comic book, Brian Lee O'Malley, uh, was a, you know he's he likes video games and he likes comic books and he likes and he likes music and he's like let me just make a comic about a, a you know people who like those things and make references to those up to those things um i never actually read the scott pilgrim comic books i like hmm. they um um but i i was very into comics around this time and so i i definitely knew about them people talked about them and how, about how great they were um uh and uh i i think probably i was waiting for all of all six to be out and then the movie came out before the comic books came out the the, the, the i think the last uh, volume was volume six and i think that came out uh yeah that came out a few months after the movie came out um so like they were they were writing both at the same time uh the la- i think the last two volumes were not yet out when they um when they made the movie when they like were scripting and, and filming the movie um yeah. uh and in fact the movie had a, a originally had a different ending um before uh, oh, before okay they they, they 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 sort of reshot the ending to to better match the comic i actually endings. i actually do have a problem with the ending and we'll get to that at the end but uh i actually sure. do have a yeah. problem with the ending a little bit but uh, but but as if it didn't have it, it has video games, it has comic books. But like you mentioned, it's got a rock band in it, too. I, I it's called the what is it? The Sex Bomb? Um, Sex Bomb. Sex Bomb. Yeah. But from, uh, from Mario. Yeah. Right. But uh, but a couple of things about the band. Uh, it's like um, the fact that Scott Pilgrim even has an X that's still in the band. Like, I just thought that was funny. It's like we get to see like three of of Scott's like either former or current girlfriend it's like four yeah yeah like oh wait was there four what was the yeah, fourth uh, one ramona knives kim and envy oh yeah right okay uh but yeah it, it, like it, it like so of course there his ex would still be in the band um and i don't think this was this was not their band but there was a uh a moment where they go to the i think it, they go to the club it's like the one that um, yeah it's, it's it's the first battle of the band that's crashing the right boys. yeah 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 and that and that band is just like their first song is just them screaming, "I'm so sad, so sad." Yeah, and that's it. That's the whole song. <laughs> that was amazing. Right. And um, but uh, and, and also yeah, they have another battle of the bands later on. It's like two where they like two bands have to like basically go like um, it's almost like a rap battle but with rock bands kind of. It's it's yeah, almost yeah. kind of set up like that almost. And it's like two bands can't play at the. They're like two bands can't play at the same time. And then there's just some text on the screen that just says yes, they can or something to that equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and again, it's a very, a very like comic booky moment of like a text box just saying, you know, uh, and it's 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 one of those like a sort of uh, uh, irreverent comic book ty- typing, right? Like like a, a Marvel comic book won't usually have the narrator of the book disagreeing with unless a Deadpool comic, um, but uh, but you know. Uh, some sometimes you know when someone's playing with the form they might be like you know have the have the editor's box like disconcur with the uh <laughs> with the characters talking mm-hmm. yeah and not only fun. that but they literally tore the roof off like yeah they literally blew the roof off of the place like quite literally um but and you've also got like a young guy dealing with you know changes in his life having to deal with love and cheating and uh you know getting his life together almost i guess you could say I mean, like, and, and, but yeah, but it's also a comedy movie too. Like, 
I feel like this movie has anything that a geek or nerd would love. Like it's got, it's so encompassing. It's got everything in there. Right. And in many ways, I feel like I could almost recommend this movie if you're an MCU fan, like that also likes video games. I think this would be a great uh, movie selection. Um, By the way, um, I think there's very much a difference between a geek and a nerd. Like, can we all agree on that? There's definitely a difference between the two, right? I think I think that the it's been blurred over the years, and it might have even had like sort of a um uh, a swap. But I think uh, I you know especially like because I, I I think when I would have like when I was in high school, I would have said a nerd is um like uh somebody who is book smart, good at math, and stuff like that, and a geek is somebody who likes who really likes a certain thing, whether that's movies or video games or. Uh, or music or comic books yeah, or some combination or of those things. Yeah. Um, or tech. Yeah. But I think, I think, you know, over the last 10 years, they've sort of melted because geek culture and nerd culture, those two, those two phrases are pretty synonymous. Yeah. Because um, in my mind, I feel like geek culture is more talking about like, um, yeah, like comic books and, um, you know, MCU and all that stuff. Whereas nerd stuff, I feel like is kind of more tech based these days. Like, you're kind of more considered a nerd if you're like a tech savvy individual kind of nowadays. Like that's how yeah, I, I think, kinda... I think there is that, but I think, I, I think like if somebody's talking about, you know, if, if you, if you go to say a quote unquote nerd culture blog, it's going to be about comic book movies, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, exactly. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what they've morphed into. I personally find myself to, I identify more as a nerd and no one can take that away from me. <laughs> Geeks get the girls. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, hence why I uh, hence why I don't have a girl. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um <laughs> but there's so many like yeah, like you said, there's so many running gags throughout this movie like <clears throat> not just funny gags but references from like a whole bunch of media franchises like I wonder how much of this budget for this movie was just for licensing shit. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many things that are like yeah, licensed you know, from this. It's, it's interesting. I, I would I would think it maybe like not a lot, right? Because most of the stuff is is like lit, you know, subtle, like a sound effect from a video game, right? Sure. Which probably you know compared to something like, uh, well, I mean, Free Guy you know, was corporate synergy, but something like Ready Player One, for example, which I do have the Blu-ray for, but I didn't grab it to to do the visual bit. Um, uh, Should have done that. What a shame. <laughs> um, it's over there on the shelf. Um, but, but a movie like that where, where, where uh, you know, they very clearly had to pay like licensing fees to, to all the different properties that they were borrowing from. Uh, I think it's something like this, you know, the, the properties they were borrowing from largely were not, um, you know, particular like and and the ways they were borrowing them were not particularly expensive and also in an era in 2010 where that was not the you know it was not the, those those properties didn't have the value that they do in 2022 right like yeah mm-hmm. seinfeld in 2010 you know like yeah you had reruns you like reruns on on you know i think i don't even know if they had reruns on like tbs yet i think about just have like reruns on like syndication and local television right. yeah yeah and so and so yeah and, and i'm also not i mean i they technically don't use seinfeld music because sign the seinfeld bass riff changed every time and so yeah. they could just play their own bass riff but i think 
Yeah, everyone I don't know, knew I don't what know if they, they were pay- talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. So I don't but know if it, they had if they actually had to pay licensing fees to use the Seinfeld base. Yeah, riff I don't. Yeah, it doesn't not, sound like. Right? But but um, that was such such great. Like that was great because it's like halfway through the movie, it's like you're getting into the flow of things, and then they just ran, randomly do an impromptu episode of Seinfeld. Fades to black, and then comes yeah, back and there's a boom, boom, right? boom, boom, and, and like, the exactly audience cheering. How Seinfeld, yes. Yeah, complete with the laugh yeah. track and everything. Like, and it's got like yep. that establishing shot that every sitcom has. Like, it's it's yeah. great, man. Um, yeah, yeah. But other things like, you know, like using Zelda music or, or stuff like that, like, you know, was Nintendo really being uh, uh, like going to harp on on using 30, like three seconds of Zelda music? You know, yeah. like, like I, I don't know how much like, yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot of licensing that's really required. So so like a lot of the things that feel like they would have been um, potentially, you know, something they had to pay licensing for is like, Maybe they didn't, or maybe they didn't yeah. pay very much for yeah, or they it. Yeah, you know? because again, it's not a yeah. huge budget. The budget of the movie is like fifty to eighty million dollars. Like it's not like it was a big budget movie, you know. Well, um, so what's interesting? So I, 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 we were talking about tech earlier, and I want to talk about the tech angle uh, or a couple tech angles here because um, it did seem a little dated for the time for me because because in twenty ten, I remember you know twenty ten like being around on the internet back then and everything. And it's like they had the Windows XP sounds, which was definitely a nostalgic throwback. And I thought that was great. But I also thought it was kind of weird because Vista was definitely out at this time. And I think Windows 7 was even out by this point, too. Um, It's probably mainly just because XP was still probably the newest Windows when this movie was in production, probably. No, because Vista came out in 2005 or six. Um, or and no, the movie started well, well Vista didn't didn't I don't think Vista came out till oh nine, right? No, Vista was like oh six or oh seven, I thought. Because I know Longhorn, because um, I know Longhorn was like delayed for a while, but um, maybe oh uh, actually it, it might have been Windows seven that was out in two thousand nine that I'm thinking of actually. Oh uh, yeah, because seven, yeah, seven was oh nine. Seven was pretty quickly uh, okay, after yeah, Vista. Yeah, I'm thinking of Windows seven. Okay, um, uh, but the, the movie, I mean, the movie came out in 2010. I think production probably would have been mostly in oh nine. But I think it was just because, I mean, XP. Even when Vista was out, XP was the predominant Windows. Sure, OS. sure. So yeah. I think it was just like this. These are the sounds people know. Um, yeah. Also, you know, um, yeah. Also, AOL chat still being a thing at this time. Um, sure. I, it was definitely starting to phase out at this time, though. Like AOL chat was definitely on its way out by this point. Um, and what what was sad about that to me, and it kind of reminded me of my internet journey a little bit, is that, you know, I definitely grew up in the AOL chat MySpace age, but I don't have the same nostalgia for it that everyone else does, because I feel like I never got to experience it, because for one, we still had dial-up internet until, I'm not even kidding, like shortly before this movie came out, um, like August 2010, it was right about when this movie came out in theaters, when we finally got off of um, dial-up, that's how long we had it for, don't ask me why my parents were in charge of the bill. Um, <laughs> but uh, but also the fact that, you know, my parents were kind of like definitely a little antsy. I, I feel like about me having Internet accounts, although to be fair, I think it was because um, I because I didn't turn 12 until I was. Wait, how old? Was I? I think it was. Well, actually, no, I was like I was 13 in um, 2009. So, yeah, I don't know. But they were like super hesitant about me making like online internet accounts or whatever. Like Facebook was the yeah. first social media account I ever created. So like everyone has all this nostalgia. Everyone my age has this nostalgia for this stuff, and it's just like 
I, I, just, I think I, I think because yeah. you're 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 a few years younger than me, and I think you're right on that like cusp of because I understand like I had AOL Instant Messenger and I had Yahoo Instant Messenger and, and stuff like that, and I did communicate with people on them, but not to the extent that people like a couple years even older than me did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like thirteen AIM was already you know like in tw- two thousand nine two thousand ten AIM was kind of already on its way out. Um, uh, you know, and and smartphones were 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 becoming a thing, and and texting was becoming a bigger thing, um, and people, you know, people were more often having something like you know their phones on them to 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 uh, like smartphones with 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 smart chat. Um, uh, so yeah, I think um, I, yeah, I, I I can't remember exactly you know what the shifts were in, in texting apps, but but definitely you know around around the time that you would have been getting on AIM is when AIM was kind of going downhill. But right. people who are like five, ten years older than you or, you know, a couple years older than me, like that was the, the golden AIM age. If you were 13 in 19, you know, like in like 2002. Right, um, right. You know, that's, yeah, like that's AIM, a, MySpace. Yeah, like around that time. Yeah. Friendster. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I, I almost feel a little sad too because it's like, because also I'm on I'm on like the very like um I'm like at the very edge of millennial like I'm I'm considered a millennial and like literally um the next uh, someone who's one year younger than me is is on the cusp of Gen Z so like I'm right. on the tail end of millennial and I think it the earliest is like somewhere in the eight if you were born in the eighties so yeah, like it's like it's like it's like eighty two to ninety six I'm like yeah, that, yeah yeah so it's like I I'm I'm definitely in that weird category where like I'm considered a millennial but also like some of the experiences that the older um, millennials in my generation had, I didn't have. So like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of like, that's, that's something that, 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 yeah, for, 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 for me, uh, two things. First thing I, I define generations by, uh, what the major, uh, like tragedy event was in your, in your sure. life. Cause most of those, cause those generally will change, um, the, the, the fabric of things. So, so for, for me, if you remember nine eleven, right, that yep. mm-hmm. that makes you a millennial. If you don't remember nine eleven, uh, well, yeah, and, and we were remember... kind of like the last generation. Like I was in kindergarten when nine eleven happened, so it's like I kind of yeah. had a, a grasp of what was going on, but not really. Right. But anyone younger than me probably doesn't really understand the impact of nine eleven. You know. Yeah, and then the other thing is is um, if you're on the younger end, because I'm on the I'm, I was born in ninety three, so I'm, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm a couple years. Um, sure. Uh, from Gen Z, but I'm still like, you know, like, you know, somebody born in 97 who was technically Gen Z or 98 is closer in age to me than somebody born in, in 85. My brother was born in yeah. 85, right? Um, so it's, you know, like, obviously the generation things are, are touchy, but like, you know, everybody who was my age grew up with SpongeBob. I, yes. I was not a SpongeBob yes. fan. I didn't have Nickelodeon, but I, I also never liked SpongeBob. But like my brother, yeah. you know, my brother didn't grow up with SpongeBob, right? My brother didn't grow up with Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, like, we're both millennials, right? But the the, the other thing is, is, is I think, you know, certainly some of the things that I am aware of from quote unquote elder millennial pop culture are because my brother knew them and my brother's older than me. Right. So I think, I think generally if, you know, if you're on or near the cusp of a generation and you're um, an only child or an elder sibling, you probably fit closer to the late. So like, I think you probably skew closer to Gen Z than millennial. I think millennial I do. Yeah. I because think I do. I, I don't know what your sibling situation is. Uh, no, I, yeah, um, I'm the oldest in my family. So you're the yeah. oldest. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing, right? So, so everybody younger than you, obviously, you know, they, they, they would have, they would have, um, 
looked up to you a little bit, but also you're you're not consuming you know, like you're not consuming Blink One Eighty Two because Blink One Eighty Two by the time you're the age to like Blink One Eighty Two are broken up. In fact, right. you know, and they, they broke right. up in two thousand nine, right? Whereas mm-hmm. for me, I was you know I was uh, uh, sixteen in, when they broke up. I was thirteen when when they put out their last album. But my brother was uh, you know fifteen when um, when their biggest album came out and yeah, the they stage. just started yeah. and 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 so in 1999 right and so like so my brother was a big fan of them so that's how i became a fan of them because my brother was the right age for that so any a lot of the things that i like that people who were born in the 80s uh and are millennials enjoy are because my brother was was that way right um, and so i think that that's 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 my sort of theory on uh on you know where generation end up falling is is like especially you know it, it, again, I don't think it's foolproof, but especially if there's a, either either you're the eldest or an only child or like a large age gap between you and your sibling, um, yeah. then then you skew towards the the later generation as opposed to the earlier generation. Yeah, because like, yeah, well, because that's the thing, too, because it's like I feel weird because it's like I feel like I am kind of like the TikTok generation, but I also feel like a little left out at the same time too. Like it's, yeah, I, I could tell, I'll, I'll tell you what, like uh, when you're on the cusp of it like that, like I, it, there are, there are times where I definitely identify as millennial, but then there are other times where I definitely identify as Gen Z because sure. like something like the older millennials will like reference the thing that I have no clue what they're talking about. So like, right. it's, it's a little weird in that regard. Yeah. But you also don't watch movies, you know? So like, well, that's it's a whole... sure. Yeah. There's that too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, uh, at least I at least I know how to get to Amazon dot com here. But but Scott doesn't know the URL. To, like he was like, what's the URL to Amazon dot ca? Amazon dot ca. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, the fact that Scott's lair is right across the street from the house presumably where he grew up in and presumably yeah, yeah. where his parents still live i guess it's also, it's also a really funny visual joke of just like turning around and showing like, yeah just like the camera hey. just pans around yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah also uh speaking of scott's lair dives goes to answer the door and she's talking to scott's roommate she's at like is scott home he's like just as the roommate says no in the background you just he see scott just now. like with the i imagine it's just the wilhelm scream with him just getting yeeted <laughs> out the window right yeah it's it's a really it's a really fun stunt and uh, and a really like it's a really funny moment of like cuz he opens the door wide and scott's there and then sees it he sees its knives and so closes the door a bit so she only sees him as scott jumps out the other way yeah. and and then again, like you know, is Scott that, here? That would have been an no, optimal place he, to put a Wilhelm scream, right? <laughs> as 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 not only he jumps out the window, but then when you cut back to her reverse shot, you see him running through the back of it. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there's a lot of visual stuff again, like a lot of visual stuff like that. You know, earlier in the movie, um, there's a moment where they're like walking down the street and they're talking to each other or or whatever, and and you see like you know it's it's on Scott and they're in one place and then it cuts to Knife and they're in that place and it cuts back to Scott and they're in another place and it's just like you know because like like they're having this conversation through three or four different locations, but Scott's just kind of flitting through them, not paying attention, right, um, right, and like but 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 like visually, you just you see this like you know, it's the passage of time, but it's not just like this, you know, cross fade, slow fade to a new thing. It's like, you see it in like the way he uses the shot reverse shot, which is the most basic language of cinema shot reverse shot. Right. uh, But he uses that to also tell the story, which 
you know, 99% of directors don't do necessarily use basic language to tell this. Some of them do a lot, of, and, sure. and a lot of great directors do, but a lot of, a lot of directors aren't using the basic, the, the basic language to someone just like, yep, it's shot reverse shot. There's nothing I can do with that. They got to talk. We do mm-hmm. shot reverse shot. But the way Edgar Wright uses that to, to propel the story along and tell you something about the story, whether you know it or not, right? Like you might yeah. not realize that's what's happening. Um, but, but you know, I mean, you certainly realize they're not in the place they started in the conversation, but I think, think of what it tells you that uh that yeah scott's not really engaged in this he's just moving through this conversation you know hitting the beats um but it's not like it's you know it's not it's not that important to him because he's his mind's on ramona at that point yeah yeah no i i I loved uh chris evans's character uh coming off the bus and like we'll talk about him in a little later but the universal title like the intro music is his entrance music as he's coming off the bus which is (laughs) the strangest thing ever also aubrey the neck crack is so great and it's it's, it's one of those things where where like i i think it's great and and the universal music is great but it's like it's one of it's just like this one moment where you're like man this is a fox movie it's like it's a, it's a slightly better it's a great moment it's a great moment yeah it's a yeah slightly better moment if you're hearing the fox actually scene, it probably would have been yeah so, mm-hmm. a little bit more iconic but obviously it's a universal movie and universal movie the universal music is iconic and it's a great moment mm-hmm. but yeah it's like it's like that it's like, like a tiny bit better if it's if it just happens yeah. to be a fox movie and they use the fox fanfare there because also, that's just uh, like it's yeah, like one of the most iconic fanfares in in cinema. Yeah, yeah. What 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 what's also iconic is Aubrey Plaza's character is always swearing up a storm. So much, by the way, that they have to put that they put a black bar in front of her as well as like bleep out what she's saying. Like, um, yeah, I, yeah. I I was trying to I was trying to think like because it's a funny joke, but also I I remembered I was like, oh yeah, probably because of ratings. That's probably why they did it that way because I don't was it sure. Was, well, I think, I think I think again this PG thirteen, but I think that's also from the comic. Uh, I think they do that joke in the comic. As yeah. well, uh, of of having that uh, you know the sensor bars and yeah, and, like kind of reminded me of South like, Park. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. And, and Scott calls attention to it, right? It's like, how are you doing that in the mouth? Like, what am I doing? Like, what the f- am I doing? You know, so right? Just, yeah, yeah. Well, and also, and also, it happens to Brie Larson's character later. They got that. They do that famous. You know, they you think Aubrey is about to get censored, but it's Brie Larson, and then Aubrey's uh, Aubrey's character is just like. Oh, it can happen to other people besides me. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the I I I am in lesbians with you was so good. Like, sure. the, here's the thing. I I don't know why Scott conflates uh, conflates lesbians with love. Well, actually, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's again. It's one of those moments. Like, like there's so many quotable moments in this movie, and so many mo- moments that I that I do quote in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, like you know, we we talked about uh, um, uh, uh, Chris Evans' character a moment ago. Uh, I will look at my phone and say that's actually hilarious. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I quite enjoy. Um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the L word, lesbian, lesbians. Like I'm in lesbians with you. All those, yeah, those yeah. certain quotes. Um, uh, the um, uh, chicken isn't vegan. Uh, that's that's a regular. Mm. Oh, bread makes you fa- bread makes you fat. Hundred percent, like very, very, like so many, uh, so many different little quotes from yeah. this movie that I will, that I will. Yeah, no, there's yeah. that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I'm just mentioning my favorite ones. Yeah, like yeah, there's so many more that I didn't even go over. Like what you just, what you just went over. Now it's like you got the Rocky montage as he's getting ready to fight the boss at the end. Oh the, yeah, the fact yeah. that the password to get in is just 
whatever and then the second password is just an audible sigh (laughs) also i love the fact that um since this is a quote-unquote video game there's a point where um there's a i think at multiple points there's definitely a point where it goes like game over and he gets a do-over because it's a video game and then yeah, it's just, like just a, the one point, but there's there's the moment again. So in, yeah. the moment when he when he gets the extra life right earlier right. in the movie, and he's like, you know, what are you doing? Getting a life grabs the extra life. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, yeah. And then when the game over happens, then he gets gets the respawn, and comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he also does like a speed run through it, which is great. Um, and he's leveling up with the power of heart and the power of self respect to like a power, power of love up. Power, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a power, power up in a video game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I want to talk about um, this whole love triangle between uh, Scott Pilgrim and um, Ramona Flowers and Knives here. Like this, this was the one part of the movie that was kind of a little crazy to me. Like I get that it's the premise, but like it felt a little weird for me. Like I I have, here's the thing. I have to imagine that if I were in middle school and I had this exact problem that Scott Pilgrim had where he's in love with two girls at the same time, like as bad as this sounds, I think I'd probably do the same thing. Like if I was in middle school, like, of course I was, of course I am and still a hopeless romantic. So I never had this problem, but you know, um, (laughs) but um, I did have a, Oh man, I did have an instance though, where two girls kind of gaslight me once, once and they made me choose which one of them I liked more, but uh, Oh man, sometime I'll tell that story, but that was, (laughs) I could do a whole other podcast episode, not on this show, but just on another podcast where like I tell that story because that was an insane story uh, in my life. So, yeah, Um, but I think that's where my problem really lies is that he kind of has like the maturity of a middle schooler when it comes to love, even though he's in his 20s. Right. I think what's he's 22. Yeah. um, uh, uh, 22. Um, uh, (laughs) But um, what, what I think is important when watching this movie and and it's something that that i think you know i think maybe original film goers had a problem with or original film goers like you know like myself when i was 16 when i watched this movie kind of like you 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 like the protagonist um scott sucks like that's yeah. that's the point the point is he's a piece of shit like the the, the that's that's the whole idea of it of and that's 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 kind of why he earns the power of self-respect at the end right because it's cause kind of like a, he needs to to learn you know to to, yeah. to be better before doing this so like yeah it's it's like he's he's not a, a good guy um right. and even at the end of the movie he's not really a good so like that's that's kind of way to like everything he does is not good, right and, and he's not a very active agent either right like he's very passive in a lot of things that he does like right he's 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 kind of a, sh- a shitty character and so yeah watching the movie with that perspective um you know is is, is kind of what you have to and, and and i again i understand people not wanting to watch a movie about kind of a shitty like man dude man child yeah. right mm-hmm. i get that right um but um but yeah you know cer- certainly i think i didn't pick up on those themes when i was 16 and watching this movie for the first time but as i grew older and and, and we watched and 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 you know saw other people talk about this movie i was like yeah scott sucks and that's yeah 
fine. Like you, you know, there's movies where the main character sucks and there's still, that doesn't make them worse movies. Yeah. Um, and so, and so that's, but that's, that's, we have to kind of understand is like, yes, and maybe for the comedy yes, relief, it was very, it was kind of almost necessary maybe from that perspective. No, I mean, there's, there's that too. Yeah. You can certainly yeah. do other, other things with it, but yeah. yeah. And you know, the next note you have here is, is that, yeah, he's 22 and nine to 17. Um, yeah. they're in Ontario. Technically that's like, it's all legal, but it is. Oh yeah, like, not that's good. true. I didn't think of that. Um, yeah. Cause I was yeah, thinking yeah, of but, it from the, from the, from the state law of uh, the, the United States laws, but yeah, this is based in Toronto. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, this is actually the uh, the um, so uh, uh, Edgar Wright has only shot one movie in the United States, and it's Baby Driver. Uh, the oh, other ones right he on. did, it's, it's four in the UK, and then um, and then obviously Scott Pilgrim he shot in Toronto. He lived in Toronto for a year before he shot the movie because he didn't want to like he yeah. didn't want to misrepresent. I mean, the city. Even, even if it is even if it is legal, um, like it's still no, like everyone is saying absolutely. like uh, everyone is still saying like it's kind of morally wrong. Like I don't know, it's and it's yeah. like in it's the just, states. It's, it's, uh, like in the states, the year, right? Like, yeah. like in the states, it's technically illegal from a federal consent perspective. Uh, it's like there's some states that have different laws when it comes to the age of consent, which like it's a whole nother can of worms. Like, I, right. I, I, I then, guess whether it's morally wrong, I suppose like, it depends on who you ask. I don't know, you know. Right. And then te- like, like also technically, you know, age of consent is is meaningless in 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 regards to what they're because they're not technically like they're not even they don't even hold hands, right? Right. Um, uh, so like, so there there is there is a lot of like weird area there but uh but no uh, like scott sucks like that's 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 not yeah i I don't think it's ever in in question uh for for me um is that like yeah he he sucks and and is doing a bad thing and and uh like even at the yeah even at the beginning with knives is not you know but not really cool but like yeah you know like just like just in but like it's also again it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like it's just like right on the cusp of like you know like if they're 23 and 18 you don't really yeah i know that's what think about it in the same way right yeah i know and it's so, like, weird yeah like there, it's it's i've always found that weird so, too because it's like because there's definitely like relationships that like like you know like you get like a um i don't know like a 15 year old and a 17 year old in high school are um our boyfriend and girlfriend and then all of a sudden he turns 18 and then like all of a sudden their relationship is like illegal in the eyes of the law. Like what? Right. Well, yeah, and then, <laughs> you know and what then I mean? That's, yeah, that's the Romeo and Juliet laws for that stuff for sure. But yeah, that's, that is, that is one of those, like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a interesting situation. Uh, but I think the bigger problem with that specific situation is just that Scott is not like, he's not being honest with Nige from the beginning, right? Like right, yeah. from the beginning, I don't think you know, he's, he's, he doesn't seem like he's interested in that. Yeah. And he's also kind of like wishy-washy when it comes to like right. trying. Yeah. When he's like, because like eventually he does dump her and do the right thing. Right. But he's very wishy-washy about it too. Like it's, yeah, yeah he he's, does it kind exactly. of in a bad and, and, yeah, way. It's because, it's because he's a very passive agent in his own story. Yeah. Um, but also, and, and, yeah. and at the, at the, again, at the, at the end is when he, he, takes his own agency right so like mm-hmm. um you know he like even when he so like when he quits the like he leaves the band right but he's not leaving the band out of his own agency he's leaving the band out of everyone else joins and he doesn't right right uh, but then at the end when you know when he does the second and he does the speed run and everything he's like hey the band sounds great neil's better than i ever was you guys are doing great also kim i'm sorry right like like those mm-hmm. are all like him 
finally taking some sort of agency and some sort of responsibility and some sort of action. Yeah. Um, whether it's enough or too little too late, that's a whole up to discussion, but he's doing something. Yeah. Whereas through the, through the rest of the movie, he's kind of just and, not. He's just kind of existing. And, and, and the main relationship at hand here, Romania Flowers, is kind of an interesting one too. Like, like that relationship too is kind of just weird to me too because she definitely is kind of like, like, I don't know. It doesn't even seem like she likes Scott all that much, like throughout this movie, like even when they're quote unquote dating, like she's definitely putting in all these like sort of, you know, like restrictions and stuff on him. And like, it almost seems like just Scott is just simping over her almost at this point, you know, like again, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And again, it's cause it's cause it kind of sucks. Right. And, <laughs> like, and, well, and, and also for me, it's like, it, it felt weird to me because at certain points she definitely felt like it, like there were some points where she was definitely a real person, but also some points where Scott was like dreaming too. Like, there were some points where like she was kind of in the yeah, simulation and that, a little bit. That's not explained super well in the movie. That's explained very well in the comics. Yeah. Uh, uh, essentially mm-hmm. what it is, is uh, like, it's it kind of offhandedly mentioned the comic and in, in the movie. Um, and it, what it is, is there is, um, you know, obviously there are fantastic, like there's, there's a lot of realism in this movie and then there's these very fantastical elements, right? And the fantastical elements really all sort of center around things happening with Ramona. Um, uh, whether it's when Scott, like when Scott is fighting the evil exes or when Scott is doing these things with Ramona, there are these fantastical elements. And then when he's not, when he's just like with the band or with his friends or, you know, or with Wallace, it's a lot more of a, of a sort of, you know, you, you obviously you have like, you still have stuff pop up and then you have that Seinfeld moment and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but, but the actual like elements of fantasy uh, aren't really there. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, guess if that, I guess that is one criticism I could, if there's one criticism I have of this movie, it's that it's that they didn't really do a good job of establishing which is which in my mind. Well, and then, then the thing is, is, is that, is that I, th- I think that's just, is, so what it is, is, is Ramona has a superpower. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's that, it's that it's this thing called subspace that she can travel through and get to, to other distances more quickly. Um, and so she mentioned that there's a subspace and there's, there's a, there's a, she said there's a very convenient subspace uh, path that goes. Well, and there's always, a, yeah, it's always like a single door too, right? Like, yeah. Right. But, but and again, so that, that is, that is, she, she opens one door, travels through that door to get to the other place very quickly. Right. That is, that is the sort of superpower she has, but they don't really explain that that is what's going on. So I can, I can understand how maybe, you know, you watching this movie, were like, what's, what's fantasy? What's not, it's not, nothing is, is, I mean, it's it's all fantasy and no, and none of it's fantasy, right? Like it's it's sure. all fa- it's a movie, right? So it's all fantasy. Well, yeah, uh, but like sure. nothing, like everything, you know, everything that's happening is is actually happening to Scott. Mm, um, okay, you know, th- th- that's the idea, at least. Again, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely a, it's, confusing, it's a formalist yeah. movie, right? Mm-hmm. So like, so you know, is like is the Seinfeld theme actually playing or is it just playing in Scott's head? Like, you know, you you can yeah. you can do all these fan theory things, but uh, sure. but uh, fr- from from a base perspective, like all the fantasy stuff is happening, right? He is fighting these people mm-hmm. and, and all that yeah, stuff yeah. is happening. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, the subspace, you know, and the visual language of the subspace makes it look like it is a dream sequence, but like it is a dream sequence that's also happening, which also uh, early on, he's like, you were in my dream. She's like, yeah, that's right. Just cause I like, it's an easy yeah. way to travel. Um, well, uh, yeah. That, um, well, and then that scene when they go back to what I assume is her place right where they they go through the door and i i assume they're back at her place at this point because and then she's like she has like all of these teas and like and even scott at one point is like did you make one of those up <laughs> like as she's just going through them also the fact that like um 
Like, like she, um, she goes to get him a blanket, and then I assume some time has passed because he just starts looking around, and she's like, and, and like she has her door wide open while she's changing, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, no, you wanted that to happen, like clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, like, like immediately afterwards, right? Like she's like she's with her shirt off, like stands right next to him for yeah. warmth, like. And then, and then invites him to bed. Like, yeah, that's, you know, and I yeah. think actually the, I, yeah. the song that, playing at that time. Yeah, was that, was, is, I think that almost was kind of the point maybe, right? Uh, I believe, uh, uh, where is it? I think it was called Sleazy something or other. Um, oh, that's funny. Like, sle- sleazy, <laughs> sleazy Bed Track by the Blue Tones. Oh, hey, that's perfect, that actually. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like she kind of, it, she kind of just w- is kind of whatever about their relationship to me. But and, and it's very quick to cut it off. By the way, when boss level character just comes in as a Mister Mr. Steal Your Girl moment on Scott. Kind well, of. Uh, I, I think I think she's just aloof, right? That's just the kind of like that's just the, the yeah. character is just kind of aloof. Um, yeah. um but then well, obviously like, like you know she she's not quick to leave scott he literally mind controls her. <laughs> like, yeah well because like well because there's like almost there seemingly is like no closure whatsoever to their story i mean like because knives reconciles with scott at the end there and like tells him to like uh, she tells him to go after her right and then that's the end of the movie um here's what i'm wondering though because there's a video game that came out like there's a Scott Pilgrim video game um, that came out. Uh, I believe this was after the movie came out, right? And it was around I, the same time. Yeah, and I assume it goes further into the story at this point, right? Um, I so I, I haven't. Uh, I, I've only played. I like. I, I haven't gotten to the end of the game. I, I played a little bit of it and then never sort of continued. So it's 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 a two D sort of uh, uh, beat 'em up. Um, uh, the comic book obviously goes more into the story, but I I don't I don't remember. How, like I don't know how either ends. But I think, you know, the idea is that it's an open ending. Like, look, these people are in their early 20s, right? Like, yeah. Like, do they end up together forever or not? Like, is that is that is that important? Yeah. Um, I guess I guess I guess that's maybe just a personal annoyance for me because I like my stories wrapped up in like a little bow. So, like, I don't know. Maybe that's just a personal. it, it, It does. It does wrap up in a bow, right? It's like okay, the the movie kind ends of, and he yeah. is with Ramona. The 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 evil ex are gone, and now he has like yeah, true. The, the 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 mission is complete. He the mission was beat the evil exes, and so so you have a chance to date Ramona, right? Or right. so that you can with, date Ramona, right? Which he, he beats did. the evil yeah. exes and mm-hmm. he dates Ramona. What yeah, happens in ten true. years? What happens in twenty years? Who knows? What happens in ten years after when Harry met Sally? Right? What happens ten years after yeah. High Fidelity? You know, like you 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 get a you get a conclusion, right? Yeah, yeah, there is an ending to the movie, and then yeah, like, and I, I guess then I, I guess I would just into... wanted. I guess I just wanted one more like dialogue between them before before the movie wrapped up, you know, because sure. there was just nothing there at the end. It's like I, I like even if it was just like one line where it's like they're like, oh, they're definitely gonna you know hash something out like later on. Well, I mean, that's right? I, mean, I feel like visually that that's what that's what it tells you visually, right? They go yeah, through the door together, so, yeah. And 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 you also you get the you know sort of continue screen um, uh, at the end of the movie, which is sort of like a you know it's kind of a, 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 a like to you the audience like does the relationship continue? Does it not? It's up to you. You know, like mm-hmm. when it ends when the video game ends and it gives you a continue, it's like, well, do I want to continue? Keep do I want to keep playing this game or do I want to stop? Right. In this case, is does do they continue or do they not? That's up to you, the audience. That's that's yeah you know, yeah as with the ending of any story what happens after the end of what happens after the end of the book you don't 
You don't yeah. know. You, mm-hmm. don't, you don't know at, at, at know. the end of anything. Yeah, I know. It's just, ugh. yeah, I know. But ugh. anyway, um, you were talking about the evil X's earlier. Uh, which one is your favorite evil X? Um, I would probably say it's either Lucas Lee, Chris Evans' character, or mm-hmm. um, uh, Todd Ingram, Brandon Routh's character. Okay, um, yeah, uh, are are back to back, and uh, and again, like they have the very like the the, the quotable and the fun moments. Uh, you know, like I, I really like the base battle. Um, uh, yeah, which, you know, yeah. Sort of, again, like like demonstrates a thing about Scott. Um, uh, 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 but then, like you know, can you do a grind? Dude, he totally bailed. Another line that I use all the time. Um, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 um, and again, so, so, you know, this was a six, six graphic novels that gets condensed into one movie. So, uh, you know, there's certainly characters that maybe don't get their full due and moments that don't necessarily get their full due. Um, uh, for example, in the comic, there's a battle between, uh, Ramona and Scott's ex, Envy. There's, there's, there's a fight yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Kadianagi twins get more than just like one scene, right? Um, you know, I think, I think if they made this now, it would probably be like an eight episode Netflix show um, yeah. or Peacock show as it were. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm surprised someone hasn't turned it into like a, an ep- like a episode series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was only the thing. I think the movie's only 12 years old and, and it has this, this, this following and this fan base. And also, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's in fact, so in fact, I, I, I uh, compared a little bit to another series that, uh, that we were talking about recently, uh, off mic, which is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a, a movie that I really love, and and you know, a book series that's really great. But um, but similarly, they, they you know they 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 both have you know they're they're, they're across media, right? Hitchhiker's Guide has books, movies, uh, audio dramas, TV shows. Scott Pilgrim has books, the movie, the video game, and it's three it's different ways to tell the same story and you're not beholden to the way the story is told in the initial medium. Uh, you, you changes across media and yeah, uh, BK right. mentioned in the chat that, that Douglas Adams made it clear that the story had to be different in different mediums. Right. Exactly. And it's the same yeah. for Scott mm-hmm. Pilgrim, right? Like in a comic book, you can say they play music and you can, you can show the idea of them playing music, right. but in a movie, you can actually have the music being played. Right. right? Exactly. Um, uh, uh, or in a video game, you actually have a music, but in a video game, right? Like you need to tell a story in a different way in a video game than you tell it in a movie. Um, and so it, it, it's this sort of multimedia, of different media telling a different version, telling the same story in different ways. Um, uh, and so, you know, but anyway, to answer your question, I uh, like Todd Ingram and I like Lucas Lee. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, uh, no, I was, cause I was going to say that was definitely one of my favorites was, uh, was Chris Evans's character. Definitely. And then I also loved that one chick that just, uh, I couldn't even, I can't even remember which one it was, but she was like, Roxy Richter. Played yeah. By Whitman, right. Where it's like, you punched me in the boob. Like that yeah. was that was just a great line. So I those and two were also, kind of my uh, favorites. Uh, yeah, your your mouth is writing uh, rain checks uh, or like that you can't cash something like that. Yeah, and he's like, where's yeah. that from? My brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Again, and so there's, again, there's a visual. So there's a visual moment there, right, where um, uh, Scott is walking down an empty road. First of all, he sees the X Men X on his sleeve and tosses it off because he sees the X. But also above him on the road signs, there's four X's, and then Roxy Richter comes up. She's the fourth X, but you haven't gotten to the third X yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or no, I think I think or it's either that or or there's five 
and two like blank ones or two red cards because there's five X's remaining right. and two that have been taken out at that point. So one of those two things. There's also um, when uh, when they're on the bus on the way back from the first Battle of the Bands concert, uh, in the background of all of Ramona's shots, um, there are like all of the lights, all the lens flares, like the lights in the background that are out of focus make little X's. And in the background of Scott's shot, they all make hearts, mm-hmm. um, all the, like all the bokeh. Um, which is like, it's like all these little visual things that, uh, that like you just, you're just, you're definitely not going to catch on a first watch and yeah. you might not catch until like a sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth watch. Yeah, for sure, man. So I, uh, I do want to talk about this aspect because we've, we've talked about it with other movies, um, on this show before. And, um, it, it was interesting to me because this was, this was released in 2010 and it's unfortunate that this movie only came out like 13 years ago now, which is which is crazy. And it's like the fact that we're still kind of dealing with like, granted, it's not as bad um, as other movies we've covered. But there is some slight homophobia, particularly I remember there was a line where they say, like, I don't want you to gay up the place or something like that. Although, I yeah, so 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 because I, I noticed that in your in your, in your um, uh, outline. Uh, and I, I did want to touch on that one. I, I don't know if we get another one coming up as well, but on that specifically, sure. yeah. that to me doesn't feel like uh, slight homophobia as much as, mm. you know, as two close friends messing with each other, right? I see. Um, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, like I, I can say I can be read that way, but for me, in, in that specific moment, like, you know, I want you to leave so you don't gay up the place. And then afterwards, right, Wallace throws it back at him and says, like, you're worried about me gaying up the place right. um, uh, mm-hmm. when he's, when he gets, you know, getting, getting all worried about stuff. For, for me, that's like, yeah, like, if you're, you know, if you've had a, a close friend since college who is your roommate who you sleep in the same bed with and mm-hmm. you have that kind of relationship, Wallace very much throws barbs. Um, uh, like, that's the kind of guy he is. That's the kind of character he is. Yeah. So, like, to, to me, that moment feels just like, you know, yeah, like it's definitely people, yeah, it's definitely more yeah. tame than other movies we've covered. I can yeah. I can certainly see a situation in which I would say something like that to a close friend of mine who I live with. Sure, um, as, as with an understanding that, like, yeah, I know you, you know me. This is the way we talk to each other, right? Like, yeah, this is the no, way, and it's, it's, the not gonna get, uh, it's not going to yeah. get construed or anything in any way. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. but there was definitely some. Um, I, um, I, I I guess you could call it ableist language in this movie. Is that the right term? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, but that's um, the right term, I think. yeah, yeah. Where where the R word gets dropped. Yeah. So uh, I didn't want to end on a downer. So we'll we'll end we'll end with this instead here. So Anna Kendrick's character. We talked about her a little bit. Uh, but it, I think if I remember, she's like the Scott's sister. Is that right? She is. Uh, yeah, Scott's sister, Stacy Pilgrim, named after uh, the comic book author Brian Lee O'Malley's mm-hmm. sister, Stacy O'Malley. The name tag uh, for the coffee shop that Stacy Pilgrim wears is, is Stacy O'Malley's actual name tag from when she worked at the uh-huh. coffee shop. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, and yeah, of course. Yeah, she was. Uh, this was before Pitch Perfect. Um, I've watched bits and pieces of Pitch Perfect. I don't. I don't know if we'll ever. Um, if we do ever cover Pitch Perfect, it's going to be one of those where we're like, it'll be several, several years down the line before we uh, talk about Pitch it's gonna be, Perfect. It's going to be the all new sing along Aka Awesome edition. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, her instantly knowing about Scott's life without him telling her is pretty funny to me. Like in my head, um, I just like to think, um, have you have you seen that Nickelodeon show Victorious? 
Uh, I've seen bits and pieces. Okay, yeah, but do you know? Do you at least know that when, like, when they're sometimes when they transition through scenes, the like they're like doing a status update on their phone or whatever. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, like yeah, in yeah. my mind, I feel like it's almost. I, 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 for whatever reason, I just imagine Scott is just doing status updates, and that's how. Uh, <laughs> well, there's even that moment, right? Because I think what it is, is is that Scott tells Wallace, and then Wallace immediately Wallace yeah, sleep, right is mm-hmm. texting Stacy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like, I don't know. That's what it, that's what it kind of reminded me of. I don't know. But uh but yeah, I thought that was really great. So um All right. Um man, I, uh, I do want to I do want to uh, uh yeah, Wallace is gossipy. Uh uh um I I do want to So one thing, I meant to to do this earlier when I was showing off the Blu-rays, but we were just getting into the show. Okay. Um I so I do have like I said uh five of the Blu-rays with me. I own I own seven total because what happened was I lost the Blu-ray I bought initially. So I bought a replacement. Um, and then I saw this. Uh, I think I, what happened was I saw this steel book. I was like, I, could, I can't find the version I have. Let me just buy the steel book. So I bought the steel book and then I found my original copy, which I actually don't know where that is now. I lost it again. And then this <laughs> FYE exclusive steel book came out. Um, and so, uh, I was like, well, I like this a lot better. It's, it's the like original comic art. Um, or it's not the, I mean, it's, it's, it's original art for the comic, uh, like from, from the comic book author. Um, but, um, uh, and then it also has the, the base on the back, just like this steel because the base on the front. Um, uh, and then the 4k came out last year or, or two years ago, or whatever in, um, uh, in honor of the 10th anniversary. Uh, and so I got the 4k and the 4k Blu-ray. Um, nice. uh, because I kind of had to, cause now, cause I, because, because I had kind of at that point, you know, if I, if I've got four different copies of Scott Pilgrim, then I should have six different copies of Scott Pilgrim, right? <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. At that point. And then I, yeah. and then at a, a used books, uh, half price books, I got the level up collector's edition, which is just the Blu-ray and DVD combo pack. Uh, the first one I bought was definitely a reprint. This is the original 2010 printing, but the, the one that I bought is definitely a reprint, um, because it came with ultra the only US release of the Blu-ray I don't own as far as I know. I think I don't own there's like a 2019 re-release that uh, doesn't come with a digital copy at all which is fine because I already have the digital copy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one uh, that I don't own I can show here um, is the there was these comic art Blu-rays that were coming out um, in uh, the like in like 2013 or something like that. And I do not like these. Um, (laughs) They, they, because they are all like the same. It's just like, there's nothing, there's no like originality to them. They're all samey. It's just like, here's a comic book. uh, Like where we, we, you know, we did panels of the movie and then also put it like, you know, an image from the movie or an image from the poster. Like the image of Scott and Ramona uh, is just um, the, the, regular the regular blu-ray and poster image which i can show here there we go the regular blu-ray and poster image is just like is just what's on this version of the blu-ray and then with like these you know these comic book panels behind it um and uh and for me you know i am a person who collects but for me i like blu-ray i like steelbooks specifically to have like original like interesting art um, and like, I like them to like, you know, some have something interesting going on and like, you know, be, it can be the original poster or something like that, or, or like something more like 
hey, here's something evocative of the movie. It doesn't have to be actually the original poster art. Um, yeah. I mean, there's bonus points for sure if it's like got something cool going on with slip covers. Ooh, um, okay. But uh, <laughs> traditional, like like the slip covers are cool, and 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 I like that as well. Uh, uh, you know, and sometimes you can have something with the slip covers, like this knives out slip cover, <laughs> where if you put the back of the slip, like uh, this fo- is kind of fo- looks folks, like a book. Folks, I just I gotta interrupt you. I'm sorry. Just like again, just watch the video. You're missing out on <laughs> a ton of stuff right now. <laughs> you put the back of the knives out slip cover on the image. It it reveals who the killer is. I'm not doing it here as oh, it, okay, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. really, it's a really, really cool thing the slipcover does. But even if it's just like, you know, something, some sort of cool art, some sort of something like original, like, uh, the Zombieland <laughs> one, which is like this cool original art. Jesus, but how many of these like do you have? The, <laughs> even if it's just like the poster to the movie, uh, like, that's something. Uh, whereas, you know, as long as it's not like one of those like heads on, on post, <laughs> like, just like floating heads posters, uh, but like something cool and original and like some, some sort of like, interesting Dude, art I'm sorry. and not just I, like I this. just I can't um, I like you're doing this bit I just I can't help but laugh I'm sorry <laughs> not, not just not just uh mass produced that all like samey looking the, uh, this cuz these came out like the, those those uh oh my god uh, that's the whole stack um those uh those comic art steelbooks were coming out right as I started collecting blu-rays and immediately I was not a fan of them and I did not buy any of them and I still haven't bought any of them because they just they all they're this this I mean, Sammy looking soulless for me for I me mean, the, for the cool thing about steelbooks is having cool original I mean also art. I mean also you can't buy them because you don't have any damn space <laughs> I physically I physically do not have enough space for the blu-rays I have <laughs> Um, uh, uh, I because the problem is I have I have Blu-rays on the shelf, I have books on the shelf, I have vinyls on the shelf, I have board games on top of the shelf, I have like sixty hats on one of the shelves. Um, I physically like I'm physically out of space, uh, uh and I don't have enough space physically in my room either <laughs> at this point. Like at this point, they just all get okay. shoved on there. And it's like when I move out <laughs> of of this house, I'm gonna like have a, a specific Blu-ray shelf and then a shelf for all the other stuff. Yeah. Captain um, Jackass yeah. has he officially outmerited Tom Barrett yet? I don't know. <laughs> That's oh, amazing. Listen, I, I, we can do a hat bit. Uh, I'd have to re- reprint <laughs> no, that. That won't be necessary. But I can, do, be necessary. I can do a hat bit. No problem. Next time I'm on Cord Killers, I'll have like 30 hats next to me and I'll do a hat bit and not say anything. <laughs> all about right. It. Fair enough. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like so, you know, so the, so the Scott Pilgrim Steel books, the three that I have are nothing like the the original blu-ray cover or even like the you know the 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 4k blu-ray cover they're all like they all look different and do a different thing um and and that's what i like um in, in a steel book so that's, that's awesome. that is that's why so you, so why you gave your rating of that uh let's kind of give <laughs> your uh final rating of this entire movie so uh, i'm gonna ask you this question thumbs up or thumbs up two thumbs up that's the this yeah uh-huh. i i, I this is uh i also want to very quickly um uh drop a a plug for uh cinema wins did a scott pilgrim video mm-hmm. movies with mikey did a scott pilgrim video oh um, uh, okay i'm gonna have to watch the movies are, with mikey for sure yeah but definitely all you should definitely watch cinema wins one too because that's there's mm-hmm. a lot there's a lot of of cinema wins of like just like going down like the easter eggs and even he doesn't hit every single one um they're both pretty early mikey and cinema wins videos so they're they're pretty short uh comparatively like oh, okay. uh, the, the movies of Mikey one is 12 minutes and the cinema wins is two 15 minute videos. Um, oh, okay. Whereas Good. nowadays those, those videos would be, you know, closer to 30, 40 minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I would, uh, I, I highly recommend those uh, for, uh, for more, especially, especially the cinema wins one for like just 
all of the Easter eggs that you just like, you're, you're not going to catch. There's so many of them. There's like, again, the threes, like all the numbers, but like Scott wears a shirt that says four and a half because like, which is a fantastic four joke, but also he's not an evil ex yet, but he might be in the future. Mm. Um, uh, you know, the, the music, the, uh, we didn't, we really didn't talk about the music at all. I know. Um, yeah. No, there's uh, just, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just, there's so many angles that it's like, I mean, yeah, yeah. this could easily be a two hour podcast. You again, know? like this, this, you know, here's the vinyl, like, like the soundtrack. There are like six or seven original songs. Um, one, two, three. Four Sex Bomb songs, two Crash and the Boys songs. Um, yeah. and, and they're then, all original music, right? All original music written by Beck. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 the, uh, the sound, the, the, the score and the soundtrack, I believe, as well, were produced by Nigel Godrich of Radiohead. Um, there's also the yeah. Metric Black Sheep song, uh, which is actually, which is sung by the Clash of Demon Head in the movie, uh, and sung by Brie Larson in the movie, but it's an actual song by a band called Metric that is from Canada, um, that they gave to the Clash of Demon Head for the movie. Um, uh, and then they, like just a year or two ago, they released the Brie Larson version that you can listen to now on streaming as well. Oh, wow. um, but like the Sex Bomb yeah. songs, like Threshold, which is the song that they play in the Adianagi Twins, that was my ringtone for like four years. Um, uh, oh, okay. I think, like, p- I think part of the reason I learned to play music, I mean, I was I was always interested in learning to play music. My brother played guitar, but this movie certainly was part of the reason that I learned to play guitar, learned to play music. Um, mm. In fact, so like the, the song, you know, there's a joke early on in the, or like in the middle of the movie, um, uh, on Scott and Ramona, right before uh, the Lucas Lee fight, uh, when Scott and Ramona are on the bread makes you fat scene, um, where Scott tells Ramona he wrote a song for her and he just like writes this like very like, you know, it's like a 20 second like Ramona. It's like, I can't wait to hear it till when it's done. And he goes, done, right? Because he's like, I thought uh, that was it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as somebody who plays guitar, who who writes music a little bit, like, I totally feel that of like, hey man, I wrote 20 seconds of a song. You want me to write more? Um, but there's a full version of that song written by Beck on the soundtrack. Um, uh, and like, you know, Beck is a, is a you know, great musician. Um, there's, there's actually, I think there's only four on the main soundtrack, but I think there's even more on the deluxe soundtrack. And that's in addition to the non-original music, uh, uh, like, uh, the, uh, like Plum Tree, Broken Social Scene, uh, uh, Rolling Stones, uh, T-Rex, all of these bands that, that also show up in the, on the soundtrack. In fact, Scott Pilgrim, the character is named after a plum tree song, um, called Scott Pilgrim. Um, and he even wears a plum tree t-shirt in the movie, um, as, as sort of a nod back to that of like Scott is a plum tree fan because he's named after a plum tree song. Yeah. So your rating is thumbs up. Got it. Thumbs up. <laughs> I just, I just, I, just, I wanted to get talking about the music before, before we get know, out because I the know. music is, it's such an important part of the movie is the music. Yeah. I know, uh, yeah. And I know like, I know you like, I mean, everybody likes music, but you're not as big a music guy as you are like a tech guy and a, and a, and a you know, other yeah, stuff. Yeah. So like, obviously you're going to, you're going to gravitate towards talking about windows XP, well, but yeah, sex sure. bomb and yeah, back yeah. and like, there's a, there's, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, the, the soundtrack is, 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 is bonkers. And, and, uh, Anamanaguchi, who is a chiptune band, did the soundtrack for the, um, the video game, which was, again, half comic book tie-in, half movie tie-in. Um, but uh, if you're nice. an Anamanaguchi fan or if you're a chiptune fan, like that is, you know, they did that as well. There's an 8-bit version of Threshold on, uh, on one of the soundtracks. Um, the, the, the 8-bit, um, uh, universal theme is on the soundtrack. Like, nice, uh, nice. Yeah. All, all of that is is in this deluxe edition uh, uh, with, uh, yeah, and even like, yeah, there's 
There's so much. There's so, so much. The Ninja Ninja Revolution theme is on the uh, Deluxe Edition soundtrack. Oh, geez. Um, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bass battle. Yeah. Every every single thing. Because, you know, this is this is one of those movies where every sort of facet of of a kind of media <laughs> is kind of uh, it really reflected. Is. Yeah. You know, it really is. If you, lo- if you love TV, there's Seinfeld jokes. If you love mm-hmm. video games, there's Zelda jokes. If you love movies, there's Universal Studio, like Universal yeah. Pictures jokes. If you love music, there's, you know, there's stuff that, that uh, you know, like there's the broken social scene, like there's all that stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really it's, got it's, it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just going to give the movie a thumbs up. I don't think I need to say anything. I think Nime said it all. <laughs> <laughs> we also didn't mention, very quickly, uh, uh-huh. co-written by Edgar Wright, as well as Michael Bacall was one of the co-writers who also co-wrote 21 Jump Street, the reboot, mm-hmm. uh, and was the kid from Free Willy. Oh, nice. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, yeah. Oh man, that so many, so many great things. So many angles you can take from this movie. Like man, this is this is great. Uh, Nine, thank you so much for uh, for joining us for this show. Uh, and uh, if the folks want to hear you talk about Scott Pilgrim even more, if they somehow uh, want to know even more, uh, where can yeah. they go? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, follow me. The, the place I talk most about media uh, right now is TikTok. Follow me. TikTok yeah. is Kuhan Luke. Um, I haven't uh, I haven't posted a bunch recently, but I'll you know I'll probably post a little bit more this year. Uh, in fact, I had a, a couple of TikToks. Uh, uh, you know, some some of my more recent TikToks um, were about Baby Driver, another um, Edgar Wright. Yeah, movie. I think I remember you. I think I remember seeing those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, and in fact, I think I made a point in that in that uh, video that uh, Edgar Wright consider so you know it, there's a whole definition around the word musical um uh, and edgar wright does consider scott pilgrim a musical but not because of the band playing music but the fight scenes the choreography of those and the the um you know the visual language of those is what makes scott pilgrim a musical for him um so yeah so tiktok uh, tiktok is uh, kuhan luke twitter mm-hmm. i'm at kuhan i am sticking on twitter till that ship sinks same here uh, uh, <laughs> going, going down with that ship i'll be there forever um, and then, uh, I have a podcast about baseball. It is called Rain Delay Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find that anywhere that fine podcasts are found. Uh, we are on Anchor. Our Anchor is still our baseball dash podcast, uh, because we used to be the our baseball podcast. At some point, we'll have raindelayradio.com set up. So if you listen to this down the road and you want to find the show, Theoretically, raindelayradio.com should work for you. Um, it doesn't at the moment, but you can find Rain Delay Radio any place that fine podcasts are found if you like yeah. baseball. Um, I've got a, a show called Today's Topic that I have released one episode of and never really do. Uh, I've, got, I've got shows in the works. I've got a nerd culture show, actually, that I'm planning on doing with me and a friend who both hate the way that nerd culture is represented right now oh nice uh, uh, yeah and it's so funny we were talking like, yeah. about that earlier yeah <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yeah great. so we haven't we haven't actually like discussed officially doing it but we've like we've, we've been like yeah this would be a fun concept yeah. so i i definitely want to do it because i uh, have uh, I, I have an idea for a really good uh i have a good idea for a show but the problem is is that like i um it, it like it, it's a series kind of like um kind of like world's greatest con and raise the dead, but kind of with a different spin to it. And like, the problem is, is that like this particular, uh, and I don't want to give it away, but this particular um, uh, podcast idea that I have would take like at least a year from, from beginning to end to complete probably a year and a half 
at least. Narrative shows can take a lot of research and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's one of those. So yeah. But yeah. As far as far as the uh, stuff coming in, uh, down the pike, uh, if you follow me at, at Kuhan on Twitter or uh, I am Kuhan dot com uh, are the uh, are the places to to find that stuff. Um, right but, on. Uh, for now, just the baseball podcast and and the TikTok is where I make content. For sure, man. That's that's great. Uh, I do a watch party for each of the movies that we review on the show. It is in the Discord over at discord.cinemavention.com if you want to join those. But if you can't join them, don't worry. We have it available as a Patreon exclusive over at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Thank you to everyone who supports the show. It really helps keep it going. Don't forget that I am live twice a week over at twitch.tv slash wscottis1. Send in your feedback on this episode. Email at cinemavention.com and check out all the previous movies we've covered over at cinemavention.com. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music over at incompetech.com. We'll be back next week to talk about the movie The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension with Kevin Fournier. This is going to be an amazing movie to talk about. Uh, First time guest as well. So I'm excited about that as well. And we're going to have such a fun time. Until then, we'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this (laughs) program.